Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given up to us. Given up to us? Given, given to back. us. Given back to us. Boy, uh, I've, I have not messed that like up at all. A, a lot. I don't know what number, but... Um, you know what I mean. Anyway, Wade and I are here in the studio at Wisconsin Lutheran College. And our topic today, um, I think, is going to be one that a lot of people have thought about, but maybe not too deeply, and that is... What do you do with a kid who does not want to go to college? Let's say he's from um, a family where everybody went to college and he's got the skills. There, uh, you know, there, there are the means to go to college, but he doesn't want to go to, to college. How do we deal with that? Do we uh, push somebody towards the trades and say, this is honorable for you? Um, do you miss something when you don't go to college? Um, how do we promote a good liberal arts understanding of, of, of the college experience at the same time being very vocational and honoring um, what we might call blue-collar uh, blue jobs. So I think this will hit home for a lot of people. I know when I speak on vocation, almost inevitably someone comes up to me and asks this type of question. And so I think there's, there's some good stuff up there. Um, and uh, before we get any further, we'd just like to uh, announce that we are a part of the 1517 um, Podcast Network. I'll Happen remind you, it's not, like, that, it's not new, it's not like an announcement. It's new if you're new. It's new. It, we're announcing that we're if happy. If they're new, they, their first impression is we don't even know the subtitles of our own podcast. <laughs> um, we, are, uh, we are happy to announce that we are happy about being a part of the uh, 1517 podcast network. Of course, they do a lot more things like that, publishing and what uh, and uh, blogs and stuff like that. They have a conference coming up in October called Here We Still Stand. Um, you can go on their website, 1517.org, to find out more information about that. A ton of podcasts. Um, the one that I like the most, Thinking Fellows, but um, there are other ones out there. What's your favorite right now? My favorite always was Virtue in the Wasteland, but yeah. they uh, aren't doing that anymore. So I would have to say uh, probably Thinking Fellows and then the, a short one in the morning um, that Dan Van Voris from Virtue in the Wasteland does now, uh, which is uh, um, Christian History Almanac. But I'll bounce around. I give a lot of them a listen. Um, lately, uh, last time we recorded at my house, uh, Dobler and uh, Peter Hermanson were talking about, I don't know why I didn't say Brian Dobler, but um, that this World War One hardcore history mm-hmm. series, and this is like six of them that are like four-hour podcast episodes. So that has eaten a lot of my podcast listening <laughs> time lately. I'm almost done with it, and it has been very good, but uh, I haven't been able to keep on it as much other uh, stuff as I would have liked. Yeah, so is it 40 minutes in the Old Testament and 30 minutes in the New Testament? So. Is that one there? Uh, Chad Bird does the Old Testament stuff. Ringside great, great with stuff. the preacher, preacher man. man. So uh, definitely, definitely check it out. I just sent uh, a link to a student uh, about 1517 as well. I think she would have appreciated it. So And just to plug Mike, he's had uh, two recent blog posts over at 1517. If you go on Facebook, they post them up there as well. Um, and we do share them on the Let the Bird Fly page, or or I do, because um, someone has to promote Mike if he won't do it himself. Okay. And uh, should have another one coming out, but I'm glad to have Mike writing for them now, and uh, two very good ones, a very, very good start. I appreciate it. Before we get any further, though, we should have a disclaimer. All right. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. 
We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free-for-all, where we like to discuss um, whatever we think is interesting to discuss that's not a heavy topic like our main topic. And today, um, so we, uh, my family has recently moved into a new house. We've had all the joys of getting new services set up there. Uh, we had a, um, a washer. The dryer's still good, but a washer uh, died last week, so we've been dealing with the home warranty for getting a new one of those. Um, and, you know, when you move, you kind of realize there's a lot of stuff in a house that you kind of get used to having. Uh, fortunately, we had most of the appliances there. But what we were going to talk about in the free-for-all today was what modern conveniences, and I, I I guess some of them might even be considered more than conveniences. I guess, do you need a fridge probably in 2019? I'm guessing we'd say, yeah, kind of necessity. Mike nodded there just so you know. Um, but what modern conveniences, luxuries, uh, necessities are the most frustrating uh, or worst if they go or connected to that? What's the worst to get taken care of if it's not working? We've all had customer service uh, experiences when something isn't working or goes down. Feel free to throw a company under the rug if you want, Mike, or we can just keep it to the type of service. Um, but what's the biggest pain when it goes? You know, At a certain point with everything, you start to go... But the amount of time I'm putting into this, um, my time is worth, or my money, my time is worth more than what this thing actually costs. I think that um, when I visit a big town, let's say like uh, a town in Europe or uh, on the East Coast, like a New York or the Eastern Seaboard Coast, and I see where mass transit is actually doable, right? Um, this is a good one. I like that. I think how liberating it would be not to have a vehicle. I mean, it's, and I've been thinking, you know, we both have teenagers that are, for me, just about to drive. You have Maggie that's been driving for a while. And I think about the insurance costs and just how can I get my daughter to the point where she's financially stable enough to do insurance, get a car, gas money, be able to fix the car, whatever. And you start thinking about the monthly cost just Uh to have a vehicle and you're like, I must be liberating to uh, rely on public transit and then just rent a car when you need to go somewhere else. And especially with Uber and all that kind of stuff, I go, it's just such a pain. I like that one. And I mean, it, it is always too. It's like you've saved up for something. You're doing a big project and that's always when the check engine light comes yeah, on or something yeah. like that. You got to take it in, pay for a diagnostic you're totally out of control as far as what it's going to take to fix it. That's a good one. And I think that, you know, what people don't understand about why can't America do like trains and stuff like that? Well, A, it's big, right? We're spread out. B, it's, and I think even more importantly, it's a car culture, 
Yeah. Right, car equals freedom for for when we grew up. Not so much anymore for our teenagers today, but car equals freedom. But man, sometimes that freedom just. And I think about the same way about owning property. I know that's the next step. And property, owning property, is such a big deal in the history of the world. And I should be grateful for that. But man, I like living in a parsonage where I don't have to deal with yeah. all this stuff. The nice thing, at least with a house, as much as it can be a pain, is it tends to go up in value. Well, that's the other thing with a car is you. The second you're off the lot, whether you buy it new or used, you know that thing's only going down in value. As that's a good one. I wasn't I wasn't thinking a uh, automobile or even outside the house, mm-hmm. but the time you spend in traffic, mm-hmm. um, and then the bus passes you. Mm-hmm. We don't want to ride the bus because the bus service is so bad in the <laughs> states. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, although I, yeah, I. I that's why I think rideshare is such. I hope I hope the rideshare little mini economy there makes it, and I think it will. I mean, it's so popular, um, but it, there has to be some adjustments, right, with uh, paying people well and probably some protections and stuff. But you know, it, we could have less drivers on the road, probably better for, on a lot of different levels. Uh, so, and it is yeah. even when you go, um, like when we were in New York together, what a year and a half ago mm-hmm. now. Um, does the subway smell like urine? Yes. Are there some people on there that are a little annoying? Yes. But I still really liked knowing we're going to walk down and get on this mm-hmm. thing and get off at that spot. And uh, not have to worry about directions that yeah. much. Yeah. Or making a mistake. You could just get back on the other one as long as you got it. Yeah. And and maybe the other thing about that's so annoying with vehicles. And you don't have to teach your kids to ride a train in a way that they're not going to kill someone right. or get killed themselves. Yeah. Um, that it's one of the i mean this is true of every technology that you're not an expert in um but and i don't know enough about cars to you know i can change the oil change a uh a tire in fact i helped some i helped somebody change a tire today that's a good work mike i did i got a i i was i thought my, i wanted to get away from the situation i'm gonna give I you thought, five sanctification points like i, I did was that on campus or <clears throat> no uh, i did it re- i did it reluctantly if that is that whatever anyway what what also annoys me is I could totally be taken by a mechanic. Like an honest mechanic's like yeah. worth everything. Yeah. And um, so that that's kind of a frustrating thing too for me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where um, most of mine that I would pick involve having to deal with someone who knows more about the thing than you by a lot of what they're fixing and also... Um, tends to think you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) and so i mean i would say the power goes out you learn really quickly how important your fridge or your freezer are Mm -hmm. um i'm not giving those up right and but you can somewhat i mean because i have a car i can drive to meyer five minutes be back um it's not the best for my waistline but i've kind of given up on that anyways um, I can walk to El Rey or, you know, go down to the local fast you food place. Be, you got like a permanent taco truck like two blocks away. Yeah, block and a half now. I'm like, yeah. it's even closer. That's right. Um, we got an Aldi in our backyard, literally. Yeah. Our fence is up against Aldi. Uh, so, I mean, you can kind of get around that. Um, for a thing that I would say is annoying that you actually can get by without, and even for most of my life I wouldn't have needed um, – I won't say cell phone because I do think you kind of need that now. Yeah. Um, Ziggy had soccer the other day, and God bless my kids. They are some of the most special smart kids there are, but 
Um, and it wasn't, I don't think, all his fault, but they had a rainstorm come. And he had a garbage bag. They have them bring garbage bags, and so he had tied up his backpack in his garbage bag. But it appears another player thought it was his and then, like, opened it and must open the backpack because they have identical backpacks except for their name and number. And then uh, realized it wasn't and then grabbed his and probably went to get out of the rainstorm. And so Ziggy's stuff fell out, and someone must have stepped on his iPhone, and it got rained on. Thank God his Chromebook for school was okay, or that would have been a double whammy. But, uh, you know, some people would be like, well, why does your high school freshman have a uh, a cell phone? Well, unfortunately, um, in 2019, when I have five kids in different activities, and he's a lot of places where he's got to be able to be in touch if something comes up, uh, or they're home and we want to be able to be in touch with them, we've kind of decided, okay, that's worth it. So I, to me... Um, cell phone, you know, I, you kind of need, I would say the most annoying and the one that I've spent the most time on with since the move is Wi-Fi, would be the internet because I absolutely don't need the internet most of the time. Um, with my phone, I get data through that. Um, although, I mean, I do work at home and someone's got to upload, uh, these winging it sessions after we produce them. (laughs) But, uh, it's the one where I feel like a mechanic is hard to be like you got to have years of experience you're going to learn to be a mechanic i feel like a lot of these people who come out to do the internet stuff it didn't take them that long how to learn it but uh in my experience a lot of them act like they're einstein you know they've got it figured out and to have them come out again and again or you call and they say have you turned it off and restarted it and then the absolute worst is ben will find out i'm having issues and uh and then Ben knows all about this stuff, and he'll be like, uh, yeah, it's probably this or that or whatever. And and then I feel like Ben is judging me. And, and to be clear, Ben doesn't – he doesn't say it in a judgy way, you know. But um, I just feel like it's the one of the things where, like, people also have the most input. Like, oh, d- you know, it's probably this or that. And uh, you wait forever to people come out. I'm going to be there between noon and four. Um, you hope it works. It maybe goes down again a couple days after. And if you have five kids like me, you know when the Wi-Fi goes down, you just have a stream of them coming down. I don't think the Wi-Fi is working. How am I going to do this? And uh, so that would definitely be up there. Um, The other thing I would say uh, would be anything insurance. Insurance on a person, insurance on a home, insurance on a car, insurance on a phone. It almost seems like they're in the business of you paying for it and then them paying out as little as possible. It's almost like that's how they profit. Um, And so going through the automated system and dealing with people for insurance would also be uh, very high on my list. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one that sometimes even when I know something's covered, I just won't go through the hassle. I'll be like, you know, my windshield gets broken on the car. I'll just pay for a new one. Mm -hmm. And because you're paranoid about getting more mm-hmm. points on your record or whatever, and uh, it just it it's frustrating. Yeah, computers can be that way too. Like you need them, obviously. You wouldn't be able to be productive uh, in today's age. Uh, sometimes I think there's a little bit much that can go wrong, you know. And then yeah. you spend how many how many hours trying to figure it out, fix it, or learn it, and you're like, I maybe. I probably could have got this done with a typewriter faster. You should get Ziggy flip phone. I've thought about it. Um, like for like a one-year probationary period. The problem is this phone has insurance um, and has the good insurance because this is the first time we've got him like a pretty nice phone that wasn't a hand-me-down. Um, and it's worth enough that it's 
I have to go through the insurance. I mean, even if I were, I would want to get a replacement phone, even if I were going to give that to the dog and then get Ziggy a flip phone just on principle. <laughs> I'm like, all my life, of pay, I've never had to use the insurance on a phone mm-hmm. or a device my whole life. Mm-hmm. And the one time I need it, and it's going to be uh, like, you know, running an obstacle course. This is a good discussion. It's very deep. I'm trying to think if there's any other big ones that would come to mind. No, because like your, you know, your lawn equipment, that's worth it. And those yeah. are usually pretty simple engines. And so it's usually not you a get a good deal, repair shop right? for that. You can take it in. That's not a huge deal. You can fix that yourself. Um, Plumbing's you know. a big one. Plumbing goes down if they can't get out quick. Yeah. Um, but small plumbing's okay, right? It's like yeah. bigger. And you wouldn't not want to have plumbing. Like it's worth it. Yeah. It's but worth it. Building off plumbing and speaking of being a homeowner, that another major thing that you actually do need for life, I've been told, would be water. Mm-hmm. Like water as a whole really can mess up your house when it goes wrong in a lot of ways. That's right. I mean, that's, you know, water saves and destroys, and we learned that from it's the flood. Biblical. Yeah. Yes, it's very biblical. So, yeah. Well, um, I got nothing else. Do you All have right. anything else? No, I'm not going to name companies. I kind of <laughs> wanted to just name a bunch. My favorite was I had a company when I was in the parish, and uh, it was a satellite TV company. I won't say which one. And they finally got, I got so mad um, that I started uh, just reading Virgil's Aeneid in Latin to the guy. <laughs> and I kept going to see when he would interrupt. And finally he said, you know, something in trying to be nice. And I said, well, how do you feel when I'm reading Virgil's Aeneid in Latin to you um, while you just sit and listen? He said, well, you know, it seems like nothing's getting done. I said, that's how I feel every time I call this company. I said, I'm a pastor, and uh, we have church tomorrow, and we do processions. And I said, if this can't get resolved, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on my roof and take down that satellite dish. And for our procession on Sunday, I'm going to carry that up the aisle. And when everybody says, Pastor, why do you have a satellite dish up front? I'm going to say, because this company is the worst. And, uh, <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say, this is my cross. <laughs> yeah, and it got fixed. At, at, at that point, after all of that, um, he figured out a way to remedy the situation. Um, I just make my wife call companies Yeah. because I can't handle it. I don't mind. I can't do the automated systems like to get through, and then you got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And they ask for all that info, and then they pick up the line, and they ask for all that info again. That you just had to, and the, this, I won't say what company, but now they have an automated system where you talk to the guy and he pretends to type while you talk to him. And I'm like, dude, you're artificial intelligence. You're not typing anything. (laughs) It's only more frustrating that you're typing. If this company thought that's like putting me at ease, like, oh, this is somehow more human. It's just maddening because I didn't even just tell you anything to type. He's like, hold on a second. You know, it sounds like a newspaper room. So that would be, anything automated would also be frustrating. You got that off your chest? I feel a little bit better. Spectrum is one of the companies. Spectrum Cable. We'll be back, and hopefully Wade will be calmed down now that he's got that off his chest.
back for our main topic, and we're going to discuss kind of the, uh, the intersection of liberal arts education, the importance of that, but then also honoring the trades in a very vocational Lutheran doctrine kind of way. And so uh, maybe pose the question that would be uh, the springboard for our discussion is how you have a child who is in high school, fine academically, uh, has the means to go to college, just does not want to do it. And so what advice do you give um, that child? Usually it's a male, um, but it can be female too. Um, you know, maybe one question is, you know, what are your interests? If, if a person can, uh, has those gifts that Wade and I don't have, that they can fix things just by thinking about it and seeing it. Uh, they can watch a YouTube video on how to fix something and figure it out right away. Um, then go, right? Go, go find a trade, um, um, where you can make a good living. Um, do you give the advice of, you know, you're going to make more money if you go to college, which sometimes is true and sometimes is not. Um, do you say, but college is good for you. That should be a good experience. Um, do you say, yeah, don't go to college because you're going to put yourself into this debt and you're going to lose at least four years of, of making money. So these are questions I think a lot of people are asking right now. Um, you know, Mike Rowe, most people know who that is, uh, dirty jobs. I think he probably has another show too, but, uh, kind of honoring some of these very difficult, uh, blue collar jobs that are I out think there. Even like a guy like Joe Rogan on his podcast, yeah, this is something that comes really up interesting. a lot. And, and they're not shy often, although I don't, I don't really watch that, those shows, but seeing enough of it, uh, they're pretty, um, uh, pretty open about saying, Go to the trades. This makes sense. Don't go to college where you're going to get a bunch of fluff and a whole lot of debt and have, uh, you know, a, a degree in uh, something that you can't that you can't use. And sometimes they'll throw in and liberal brainwash. Right. And so you, how do you how do you balance this balance this out? And so uh, I speak enough on vocation where it's almost inevitable. Almost every time someone emails me or asks that question. Um, you know, my, my son is a senior in high school and hates school and doesn't want to go to college and just wants to work at Burger King. You know, what do I do? And I try to balance that of being the guy that just talked about discount on, uh, on Burger King. Oh, sure. And you know what they have that I tried that's actually pretty Did you try the Impossible Burger? It's not bad. I want to try it. Yeah, it is an Impossible Whopper. Whopper, that's I right. I think, well, maybe they have it in other things too, but I, I think they rolled it out with the Whopper first. Uh, and uh, it kind of tastes like meat. These th- people saying it tastes like meat, that's not true. It kind of tastes like wheat, meat. But the, the little bit that doesn't, like what it's missing, is made up for um, in how... Um, righteous i felt right uh because i felt like it's a, a healthy choice but then i googled is the impossible whopper healthy and apparently one of the ways they make something that's not meat taste like meat is like to pump it with sodium and stuff mm-hmm. and apparently in um you know middle-aged overweight men uh sodium is not good for this uh heart attack thing i hear you can have so hmm. interesting i never heard that um <laughs> Um, anyway, someone will ask me that question and I've gotten the habit of saying, what high school did they go to? And the reason I ask that is, did they go to a high school where they were forced to learn history, read some of the good, uh, classics? Um, did they maybe have any kind of opportunity to take a philosophy class, a political science class? Civics. Because 
we need thoughtful mechanics as much as we need thoughtful CEOs. Um, That was one of my bullet points I'd written down. So I think it matters a lot um, what kind of high school education they, they, they received. Was it more towards the classical education model? Not that there's necessarily a lot that are doing that model, but are they thoughtful people? Um, I think about Matthew Crawford's book, uh, uh, Shop Class as Soul Craft. Um, uh, we've, I think we've talked about that book before. and It doesn't come from a Christian perspective, not at all, but um, he was a person that was highly educated, worked at think tanks, I believe, and then eventually just started his own motorcycle repair shop. That's I think where Scott Keith is big on this book. Yeah. I think I've heard him talk about it's, 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 you know, it was one of those uh, Gene Veith discoveries that he passed on to the rest of us morons and we, and we picked it up. Um, and I think his point, he made some good points, but what I, what struck me about this particular uh, issue was he had gone through this where he had been a thoughtful human being. And so he was a thoughtful mechanic, which meant a thoughtful voter and citizen. And so I think that that's one side of the story. Um, I think going to college does form you in a certain way. You don't have to go to college to go get a good job. No, not at all. In fact, you, in some cases, you may be taking a risk of taking on that debt. And uh, I think sometimes we hear, you know, so here's one side. I'm the vocation guy and I want to talk. I just talked to you about vocation. So I, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, plumbers are awesome. Um, On the other side, though, I have a job. (laughs) That depends on getting students and selling this idea of a liberal arts education. How do we blend those two? How do we balance those out? And I think we do a disservice in higher education when we make the case for our existence by saying our graduates are going to make more money than the graduates who didn't go to uh, college by and large. Well, maybe, but these are individuals, first of all. And second of all, that's not the reason why you go to college to get a job. Um, because you, you can go get a job without going to college. If you can go into the trades, if you have those, if you have that aptitude, it's much more about developing some, developing yourself as the whole self, right. And being a thoughtful person who can be a thoughtful voter, a thoughtful citizen, a person that is not, not just taken by, um, the talking points of either the left or the right. Um, so I hear a lot about this, you know, don't go to college because A, B, and C, and it's usually just an economic bottom line, bottom line checkbook kind of thing. And with a little dash of, we hate those liberals on the other side. If the argument for going to college is, um, be educated, bottom line, make money. And we hate those conservatives. We haven't really solved anything here. In fact, I think we've made an unnecessary divide. Um, so your thoughts, I'll kick it to you. I've talked enough about uh, this. Oh, sorry. I thought you were about to say something more after that. My wife was just texting me. She had to take Ziggy to the store to uh, get uh, like Under Armour or whatever for soccer. And then apparently he said he needs new shin, ball, shin, shin guards and a new soccer ball too. And so I was just commenting to her. Uh, I was writing my ply of, 
this kid is a money train. Um, I Economically, it. he has not been a, a net win for has, us so he, far. He hasn't been bringing in money? He better go into the skilled trades, get in the union, <laughs> and uh, um, make some money. I changed my mind about most uh, annoying technology. It's your, not phones, but your phone. Yeah. It, right uh, now, your phone. But I'm, I'm communicating with my spouse. That's very important. <laughs> it, uh, um, no, I had a few things I had written down, and uh, so uh, some of them will echo... Uh, by the way, I had a big tangent I was about to go on, and I told myself not to do it, so that's a net plus. That, net plus, okay. You got one. Because I was going to take us way off topic, okay. but I thought it was going to be fun. Um, yeah, just a, a few that I have noted down here is I think we make a mistake um, when we think liberal arts should just be a college thing, and you were getting at that mm-hmm. with have that foot philosophy or civics or political science. Um, what we've done in America, and I think in the West in general, but especially in America, and I think America has always been more prone to this, is really kicked the liberal arts, what it means, to, an education for a free person, down the road a lot. And in a lot of ways, what you're getting in college now for education should have is been education that you should have had earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, people are less proficient in things that they would have been more proficient by now in in the past. And and that's not teachers' fault uh, faults at all. Uh, they have to teach the curriculum they have, and they also are dealing with the challenge of there's a lot more in education now, too, as the world has changed. Um, there's just more things that, as a society, people want students to be learning in high school. Um, but I think that's where something, as you mentioned, uh, needs to be understood is there is a deficit. There is something that someone is missing out on without a college experience, but on the flip side, they're not guaranteed to get it by having a college experience, too, because we've already seen many colleges, in essence, become professional or vocational schools um, that you go to after high school for four years. Um, and you, we really, uh, in higher ed, have almost catered to student and parent demands for college to become that. Um, people are going to college not to get an education, but to get a job. And so... It um, it's not just people who maybe don't go to college who are missing out on these things. There's plenty of people who do go to college mm-hmm. who are not getting these things as well. They're not coming out well read, and so I think one of the challenges is for us to remember that at the end of the day, middle school and high school should really be um about breadth more than depth in in some things. Um, students should be exposed to a wide range of things. And that works both ways. I think um, not all of our high schools have done a great job of having viable skilled trade classes, vocational ed classes as well, um, so that students can kind of get a sense for where their gifts lie, where their interests lie, and pursue that as well. Um, Partly because of testing in America and the view of uh, colleges and necessity that many have taken and keep in mind, um, and this is not to pick on teachers, but we are college educated, and so that's the track we know as well, mm-hmm. um, that maybe we've undermined both sides of things mm-hmm. in what we've done. Um, and what we really do when we make college um, where you go if you really want to get a good job and have a good paying job is we make college worse too because college becomes less about what college was originally meant to be um, which was an education for life. And one of the ways we've done that, though, is it's inescapable that there's a price tag on college now 
that it is very difficult for anyone middle class or lower um, to invest in college if they're not guaranteed somewhat securely some return on that investment. It is crazy to take out $50,000 in college loans if you don't know um, that you're going to be able to pay them back afterwards. And and for that, I, I kind of would point the finger um, at us as a society or a culture um, that we've... Uh, We've really um, corporatized or put market value on education rather than um, personal value and mm-hmm. development emphasis on education. So I do think, uh, um, you know, that's a challenge for, for people to consider. I think also um, because of our poor understanding of vocation, as you mentioned, we tend to see certain jobs as holding more value than others. Uh, this is a big point in favor of skilled trades. At the end of the day, if society were to lose all of its skilled trades people or lose all of its college grads, we'd be in a lot worse way without the skilled trades. Um, we want indoor plumbing. We want electricity. We want structures that don't fall down when they're built. Um, we want roads that we can drive on. Uh, this, um, this idea of how we... Uh, determine the value of an occupation, I think is problematic as well. But I think the big thing as you were getting at, Mike, is um, we really have failed to ask what it is to be educated. And this is where um, I'm not saying a European model in that should tuition be free or not free or whatever else. Um, That can be another episode and you guys never want me to do those anyways because I'll get political. But you do look at um, a number of countries in Europe, especially in Northern Europe, um, and, and maybe here I'd hold up the Germans especially, um, fairly early on you're on a, uh, on a track for university or a track for a skilled trade. Um, but both of those tracks really emphasize uh, you to be a literate, um, thoughtful, uh, <clears throat> civic-minded person uh, because it's recognized when you come out, you're going to be voting, you're going to be... Um, hopefully reading the newspapers, you're going to be an important part of that society. Um, You're going to be involved in leadership, whether that be leadership um, in the local group of uh, plumbers or leadership uh, at a bank. And uh, and so I I do think by, uh, well, and maybe it's just a particularly American thing too, of we, we have this idea, and I think this is a good idea. I like this idea, don't get me wrong, but Anyone can become anything and at almost any point. One of the coolest things we get to do at the college is when we get students who have gone back to school, they've had a lot of life experience, and they've decided they really want to do this thing. And those are usually very committed students. Um, And it's great they have that opportunity. Um, But because we've done that, I think we've also, for the majority of the population, really pushed back um, when people kind of start to think about and pursue a life path, and when you do that, that leads itself lends itself more to a market approach um, to these things. But I, I mean, personally, if you were to, and, I, and we say we've talked about skills, uh, skills tradesmen. You said mostly boys who ask this question, and I, I, I do think it's largely because the skilled trades are uh, largely populated by men. So I'll say even with my boys, if you were to ask me, um, would I be disappointed if my boys didn't go to college? Uh, I would say absolutely not, depending on what they did. Um, If Nicholas decided he wanted to be an electrician 
and he got out and he did his apprenticeship, which he's working a job getting paid while he's doing. Uh, and he comes out and he uh, comes out largely debt free. And then he lands in the union with a good paying job, or even if he's non-union, I suppose, but uh, a little scab. Um, the uh, I would not think ill of him at all, and I would actually be pretty darn proud to be able to say I have a kid who's able to contribute in that way. That being said, um, if he were to take that route because he doesn't value education, he wants to be done reading, um, exploring fields other than what he's going into um, for the rest of his life, or he doesn't think it's important to be equipped um, to be a thoughtful, literate, engaged citizen, um, then I would be disappointed. On the flip side, I would be just as disappointed if he went to college, took out 50 grand in debt, um, got a degree without really being exposed to anything of what college really should be about, um, and came out with the same uh, lack of fluency culturally, societally, linguistically, you pick the thing, um, and was a investment banker. Sure. You know? uh, so, yeah, I I, I think uh, yeah, what we miss with a lot of this is high school is not what high school probably should be, which sets up this debate about what if college against skilled yeah, trades. Yeah, and there's plenty of unthoughtful <laughs> investment bankers, um, as there are unthoughtful mechanics or whatever uh and maybe even more so uh i you know just to make it uh, theological just for a second you know we we harp a lot on this idea of self-justification and finding value in ourselves outside of our uh, baptismal grace and what christ has done done for us and we kind of set up ourselves for a failure when we put ourselves into the system of the righteousness by law uh, because then we're judged by by what we have done and um I, I think that this can go both ways where you judge somebody else because that person, you look at that blue collar person, you should said must have been a dummy should have stayed in school. But the blue collar person can look at that uh, person in a three piece suit and say, never knew a hard day's work if it hit him in the, in the backside. Right. And that person in that three piece suit is not necessarily more life aware or, yeah. um, educated in a meaningful way than the, the person who's the electrician. And so we're always trying to judge our other people so that we can value ourselves, right? And and it dawned on me a little bit that when you look at yourself, so like you're you're going into, you're, you're making this decision as a high school senior or through your college years of what you're, you want to do. And you say, I don't want to be that person who goes to X whatever job. It could be, I don't want to be that person who's stuck in the office all, all day long. I think that's soul crushing and people would just want to get money. And so they do, and, and they can't work with their hands. Bloodless bourgeois right. bureaucrats, or, nature calls them. Or I look at uh, that person. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be the person who is going to be doing this physical labor. I'm better than that. Right. And maybe you're not necessarily outwardly judging the other person, but you're saying, this is what I want because this is what's going to make me a fulfilled person. But whenever you do that, whenever you say I'm too good for this, or I'm too righteous for this, either way you have judged the other occupation. And you have not appreciated it. And I think that's kind of a tragic thing that's going on right now. And always has, of course, uh, from both sides. But especially from those who are, let's say, elite. That's a loaded term. But elite looking down on the, the farmer, the mechanic, the plumber. Um, and 
and saying, oh, that's fine for you, but, you know, for me, well, then you have not appreciated that vocation. Right. You, have not ju- you have not judged correctly. And it can work on the flip side, too, of some who would uphold the trades and hold college to be not that important. I mean, in Wisconsin, we had a um, U.S. senator who has said, basically, um, we could replace college with documentaries. Mm-hmm. You know, you just watch PBS. Um, and what on the flip side, we can undermine or scorn um, the value of a meaningful college experience. We should all scorn um, an unmeaningful college experience. But it does pit the two against each other in a way that is not necessarily um, helpful. And, I mean, this is, has a long history of um, – it's always interesting to see how the working class and, you know, if we want to call them intellectuals, relate – for a lot of time, the working class and intellectuals related pretty well because they were somewhat aligned um, in political concerns. But I think even in America, you've seen the working class begin to shift away from academia or, or intellectuals as well. And uh, when when we undermine either of those things, and you were getting at this, we're undermining something valuable. Mm-hmm. We're scorning something valuable. We're demeaning something valuable. And I think we're also turning those things into caricatures. Um, and so the plumber or the electrician becomes someone who didn't go to college and must not be interested in this or that or have really learned when, in fact, you can go to college and be in an echo chamber and mm-hmm. even more uh, you know, shut off from life than anyone. Um, or we assume, well, someone, so-and-so went to college and they got this meaningful or meaningless degree and they have no useful knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end... We make college worse. We make the skilled trades worse. Um, we've made high school worse. Uh, and, and I think that's uh, it's unfortunate. And, it, and for the Christian, it fails to understand um, how God uh, works and operates. And it becomes, you know, especially dangerous uh, in something like a democracy. Yeah. And, you know, the, it happens on within college campuses. You know, the faculty looks at the, the business-minded board and the administration and says, you don't understand, you're just one whatever. And then the board and the administration probably thinks, man, what a bunch of whiners that have no clue about the real world, right? And uh, we need each other, right? And both are valuable and both are important. And, uh, uh, you know, appreciating that is a big deal. And when I think about vocation, I always think about this is a Christological endeavor. So if I am serving... If I, it's Christ using me to serve the other person, that means when um, the, the mechanic fixes my car, that's Christ fixing my car. So that vocation and that individual person is deserving of my respect. You know, it can, they can lose that respect by sinning against their vocation, but right away I respect that. And vice versa, when I serve somebody else, I'm serving Christ. Whenever you give me a, whenever you give the least of these brothers of mine a cold cup of water, you give it to me. And so it's Christ to you, Christ to me. And it, it does bring, bring everything up to, as Gene Veith would say, a startling degree to a higher level that we are part of this great divine thing. And, um, you know, maybe one thought to go off track a little bit and then, uh, I'll, I'll let you I talk. I like going off track. I'm excited. Um, so I'm writing it's about whoppers. No, I'm writing. It's about trash, though. Um, writing uh, some stuff on vocation, and um, I remember this this time I was golfing, 
and it was this crappy course I was with a friend but there we got paired up because it was a fall league we got paired up with these two whatever mid-level executives whatever they were slumming it on this course and after the round we talked to them and they knew what we were doing or whatever that one of them gave each of us a business card and said if you're looking for a job and uh you know, that was like, that was the only time I've ever been in what they must call networking. You don't <laughs> right? have that card still, do you? I don't. Okay, good. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm like, you know, oh, so impressed, you know, you know, I was under no illusions that this was, you know, uh, a CEO from some big company bank giving me a job. But um, I'm like, this, this is, this must, but what, like people who get real jobs in the business world, how they operate, you know? And I looked down on the card and the guy worked for waste management. And it dawned on me, every executive, every big time CEO, the Rockefellers, you know, Jay-Z, Jay-Z, they had to do something. They were in steel. They were in oil. This guy was in trash. They still had to do something. They still had something that was tangible that they had to do that was useful. Right. And so, um, to say that the person who is drilling the oil and the person who is selling the oil and making this company are still both doing oil and they're both valuable and they're both important. Even if maybe the, uh, the paychecks are different, even if I, as a parent want my child to become the CEO, not the, the, the rig worker. And maybe I should back off and say, wait a minute, this is not necessarily about their value because their value comes from something else. That if they're good at this, whatever it is, it's valuable. And not to, not to make those judgments either way, either way, right? That this is somehow lower than me or I'm more important because I actually do hard work and I'm not this person sitting in an office, air-conditioned office all day. So... Well, and that is actually, I wish you would have saved that card because I'm interested. I've always said if I weren't in, you know, the ministry, you garbage could, man would be my gig. You could make double what we make here if you work third shift garbage man in New York City. Well, and you get, the only thing I'm scared of is needles. But otherwise, I would, I mean, I would, be I would get the, exercise. You get to hang yeah, on that truck. Rats maybe would be a problem. Uh, that's probably true. But, you know, dealing with a rat compared to, well, we have it easy now because we're, teachers we really don't have a you know professors we really don't have a good job but there's some days in the parish i would have rather have dealt with needles and rats yeah we had bats we had, had bats in bats, our church too yeah which are like flying rats they are and they're even uglier yeah and um i think uh something too you know that and you talked about self-justification but i think also just finding satisfaction in one's labor um, you know, you even said it before, you know, when you decide what you do. And I think we often, uh, an American can think of that stuff that way, you know, and people, you meet someone, you say, well, what do you do? Mm. And if you were to say, well, I try to love God and my neighbor, <laughs> they would just look at you funny. But uh, I think in many ways, hopefully if we're educating Christians or people well, um, whether it be for skilled trades or for uh, to go to college, is hopefully educating them to realize too that they're being educated for life and what they're being educated for um, is to be more than um, a current job uh, but something, uh, you know, a person, someone who has an identity in Christ. And even if it's a non-Christian, someone who is 
more than what they do. And, uh, and that I think is something that's, that's often lost too. And it sets people up for failure because they do think, okay, I'm going to find my satisfaction in that career that I go out for. And even that word career, it gets used for so many things. Now I had, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about some, uh, you know, some sport they played in high school and they had got injured and they said, yeah, my career was over. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, I remember when career meant like your job you do that you get paid mm-hmm. for, you know, and, um, like you're at that job for a long time and maybe you get promoted mm-hmm. and, uh, man, we suck the joy out of so much stuff by making everything a career. And I wonder if we maybe suck the joy out of work by thinking it of, of it as career as well. Um, and, and, and I think that uh, pitting these things against each other in education, but even allowing their, their earlier education to be so much focused on career. I mean, kids now in elementary school take surveys sometimes for what career should they should have when they get done. I'm sorry, but an elementary school kid should want to be president or an MBA star or a famous painter or whatever. It's, um, you know, let them aspire and then, you know, train them to appreciate all these other things because otherwise uh, when they get out they're they're not going to appreciate all these things. And I think that only comes um, through exposure to them at a, at a young level. One of the coolest field trips I went on with the kids was with Anna last year to the um, water treatment center. And I mean, it, this was with a bunch of fifth graders. And so they, I mean, a lot of them liked it just because it was a lot of poop talk. Um, but I was just talking to some of them after when I was driving them back, and I just said, you know, do you realize how important those jobs are? Mm-hmm. Like, you drink water out of the faucet because of what they do. Your house does not smell like uh, human waste because of what they do. You know, You're going to live past 15 probably. Yeah, and this, um, I mean, that's just a cool job, and it's uh, you're getting to do something awesome. And maybe none of them go on to work at a water treatment center. But I thought, you know, that's a really cool idea for a field trip because it's exposing people to the the breadth and the variety of things um, that people do for a living, get paid for, that contributes to society. And it was such a cool place, too, because they listed off, like, all the jobs that are available there. <clears throat> and you know what those jobs entailed? Skilled trades and college education. Like that place did not operate with both mm-hmm. without both, mm-hmm. um, and I think as you got to with with oil, whether it's the rig or the the CEO, um, you kind of need this college does not operate without all of these mm-hmm. things. Um, the facilities don't run without mm-hmm. skilled trades. We don't build new buildings without skilled trade. Um, the uh, technology does not run without people who have gifts in that, and uh, and I think. Um, and to see your job as a CEO or the, you know, the oil rig worker as doing something instead of just my paycheck, right? And you start appreciating humanity. And, and, and to your point... And of, like, well, and if someone grew up, like, let's say Nick, we, I've used Nick as an example, he grows up and let's say he ends up working at the sewage treatment plant. Like, there was probably before that field trip where I would have been like, it's not a very exciting thing to tell people. Mm-hmm. But after that field trip, like... I'd almost be like, That's awesome. it's great. He works at the sewage treatment plant. Like he does the thing where they take the poop out of the water uh, <laughs> with the bugs or whatever. And it's, I mean, it, I don't know that we sometimes look at, um, look at, 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 at life and, and careers 
that right. way. But yeah, we were, it's a race. It's a competition. Get as much money so that you can retire, kind of thing, and that that I think leads to kind of a, a miserable mindset. But to talk about like you know education's job is is not to get you a job. Um, that I think is a byproduct. It's to make you a full person. Um, because we don't, we don't need to educate everybody. I mean, we could, we could just put people into jobs and save a lot of money from public education. I mean, we just could, you know, basic reading, writing skills, go out here, here's, here's the deal. We could be done at eighth grade for sure. Um, it is to be ideally to be a full person. And I think we can, if we only see this as the workforce, then we have made people numbers, but we can do that to ourselves too. Even the person who goes to Harvard can make themselves look like a number. That number may be well, the... And especially the person often who's going to Harvard is commodifying yeah. themselves. So that's why they're at Harvard. And, and the number could be the, the, the number in the 401k. The number could be um, wh- whatever status you have gotten, right? And so if you're only driven to what we think of success, whether it be monetarily, whether it be prestige or whatever, you've treated your, your life... And therefore, everybody else, your neighbor in this situation, as commodities. They are a means to an end, whatever that end is going to be. And if that end is not, like we say, human flourishing, me flourishing as a full person, and then society flourishing as I play my part in here, whatever it's going to be, somebody's going to be, you're using people and even yourself and your life's work um, you're using them, and if you use something, it's not a person anymore. It's a thing. And and you become little more than a consumer. Yep. So, um, and I'm, God created us to enjoy things, not just consume, to them. consume them. Yep. So, um, I'm glad we've had this discussion. Uh, we have a couple minutes left. Do you want to attack the the idea of um, universal college education being paid for by the we'll government have to in save America? That for free for all when uh, Peter is here, because I think he and I <laughs> have very different ideas on that. Uh, you got to pick – so I've already kind of said garbage man. but yeah. So you lose this ministry gig. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you commit some terrible sin and get removed for a cause because that's just more fun than, yeah. than like um, they, they run out of money for your position. You know, I, my vices aren't going to get me kicked out, you know, thankfully. I have other vices. No, but just for yeah. argument's sake, for let's argument's say sake. that you do kicked out for some terrible, very sure. public sin – Sure. It's very embarrassing to you. Or the, I don't want to tell people about it, but they ask, and so mm-hmm. I kind of got to retell sure. it. I can see myself in it. Okay. Um, I always thought postman, but I'm turning against that because I'm frustrated. Like, you're frustrated with the cell phone company. I've been frustrated with the post office lately, and they don't. It's almost as if they don't care at all about um, if I get my mail at, at all. Or pick up the mail. So I'm turned off by that. Well, I mean, to be fair, why should that be their responsibility? So I think, uh, and I think the more I go to the post office, the more I realize that maybe it's fairly soul crushing. But I always wanted to be a mailman. Um, You know, so we got to, I got to take a blue collar job though, right? No, I I just, any gig, if you're not this. Yeah. So you can pick a college avenue thing. Yeah, you know, I, I always wanted to be in the legal profession somehow, some way. I don't think I had the chops to be a lawyer. I don't have to be a lawyer, but some around that, I think that would be interesting. Or journalism would be interesting as well. Um, 
but I could see myself, uh, I worked in a factory enough to know that that's probably not what I want to do. Yeah, I definitely was not made for the factory. I tried that a few times. Yeah, and I don't know that I have the skills for like to be like a real skilled trade, like mechanic or plumber and stuff like that. But I think being like the, the water treatment plant or some kind of big company that does something cool and I got my little niche that I figured out how to do, you know, I think that, I, I think I would appreciate being a part of something big. I wouldn't mind you know, saying, you know, that building or that whatever I had a part in doing. I think that'd be kind of cool. Maybe construction? Yeah. Um, if it was not too high labor, like not labor, but like too high skilled, I'm not really good with my hand. I can do some stuff. Yeah. But not like, not stuff that, you know, you'd put out there and people would pay for. Yeah. I'd have to learn that. You know I, what I wouldn't want um, is a cubicle. Yeah, no, no. And my no. wife has a cubicle and she likes it, but no. uh, I've just never wanted and to be. I've had to be in a cubicle before. We've both before, worked in cubicles, yeah. And it's that yeah. I wouldn't want any, I wouldn't want to be a garbage man yeah. if I had to spend half my day in a cubicle. You know what I would love to be, actually? I'd love to be at a big church and be that, we don't have these anymore, but like the sexton who like could do the small repairs and call the company for the big thing and made sure everything was set up. And so rang you, the bells. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't mind doing that. But you'd be I, the scandalous sexton where we'd be like, did you know he used to be he a used pastor? He used to be a preacher, yeah. You know who'd be saying that? <laughs> I'd be, it'd be me. I'd be like, hey, you know the sexton? Yeah. <laughs> he used to is be a preacher. preacher yeah, you don't yeah. know. Um, here's another sin. thing. Um, since we both have dealt with this quite a bit, um, I could see myself in the funeral trade at some point. I don't think I could do the body and bombing, and bombing kind yeah. of stuff, but um, I could do that. You know, we're white collar without the money. We don't know how to do anything. Right. No, this is very true. Yeah. So um, I, more and more every day, I really do appreciate some, anybody that can do something I cannot do. And I think it, it is driven by the doctrine of vocation. I think librarian would be my choice after uh, garbage man. Abigail probably, she wants to get a job with the librarian. I said, I don't think they just give those away. Especially like modern libraries, pretty cool gig. You get to help people like that don't know how to use the computer. You get to help them find books. Right. Um, But I think that's hard to get into. You got most places, I think you got to do the masters now in library science. Yeah. I'm guessing that doesn't pay a whole lot. No. No, but that's all right. The, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really stretching for what else I would pick. Not a lot that would really be economically <laughs> viable. Like, most of the stuff I would pick is like stuff that usually people volunteer to do. Mm-hmm. You know, not like uh, that they get. Would you get paid if, to if do. you had if you had uh, the body you had, let's say, 20 years ago? Would you be a police officer? No, I would never be a police officer. Yeah, I don't think I, um, I, I don't like. Authority. I don't have the personality for it. But if I did, uh, bike messenger is something I That's always kind of right. wanted to do. But uh, I just I don't. A I can't do a full revolution on the bike with my knee right now until I'm fully healed. <laughs> and B, uh, just not quite in the shape I was. But I always thought bike messenger would be pretty cool too. I could work at a grocery store. Yeah. I would maybe if I didn't have to deal with people. I mostly don't want jobs where I'd have to deal with people. Yeah, I could see that. You picked the wrong profession. Yeah. That's all right. Maybe I would just podcast full time and support myself that way. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> we're at the end of our <laughs> at the end of our rope here. We hope that this 
kind of resonated a little bit, especially maybe with you parents who have kids that are coming up through the ranks and maybe have a decision to make between um, the, the trades and college. And if they're going to go trades, honorable, awesome, great, fantastic, may even be um, economically uh, beneficial for them um, in the short term and maybe even in the long term. But that means that it's your job to make them thoughtful, right? And to expose them to art and literature and history and talk politics with them so that they are thoughtful and well-round because uh, we need thoughtful um, plumbers as much as we need thoughtful uh, CEOs. That's part of a good, strong um, civic society. And, and it's a flourishing that God wants for us. So, And if they're going to go college, don't ruin college. Um, find a good college where they'll get a college education and you know, hopefully not go way in debt either. But, you know, if they're going to go college, want them to go college. Uh, figure it out. They'll figure out the job. Yeah. The job will take care of itself. Don't do it just as a placeholder if you don't know what to do. And right. I'm going to get four extra years to decide that. Uh, I think it's all. I think it's uh, something to think about and some pretty good advice. Um, you know, either way, no matter what uh, occupation you find yourself in, it's honorable and it's great, and that's because we find our value in the gospel. And unless and, it's like hitman or yeah, those are false vocations. Those are false stations. So they're not. They're not legit. But no matter what legit vocation you find yourself in. You are free to lose yourself in the craft and, and the reason because you don't have to please God because of the righteousness of God. And as Luther says, you can venture all things. And uh, another way to say that is let the bird fly. Uh, every evening when the sun goes down, get with my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk. I'm just a jinker. I set him up another round. I set him up. Another round, I'll set them up. Another round, one more round won't get me down.